So, you're my bus buddy. <laughs> Hand on the heart. That feels good. Um, I'll take it. Our origin story, Tulum, 2022. Uh, you showed up really needing some spaciousness in your life. Gerard Adams is a mutual friend, a good friend of yours, and we both showed up at his retreat. You were the first person to sit down next to me at dinner and became my best bud throughout the whole retreat. I told my sister before you got here, I was like, you're going to love Sterling because he's literally like, he could have been born into our family as one of our brothers. Oh, wow. <laughs> so wow. I was like, you're going to like his vibe. So um, first of all, welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur. Oh, so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Wait, what What was your nickname on the bus? Was it Was it like Stir Bear or something? Oh, it was uh, Stir Bob? No. No. Was it Stir Bear? <laughs> Stir Fry? There's a bunch of them. Take your pick. <laughs> okay, so we got to spend a lot of time together mm -hmm. on, the, on the shuttle, really. Yeah. And I got to hear a lot about your business. Yeah. I gave you some fun little RRT techniques to um, help out with stress. Oh, those were so good. Which was fun. Yes. I feel like you and I talked the most on the bus and everybody just shut up and listened to our conversation. For sure. Which is now basically what we're doing for your show. Right. Is we're just going <laughs> to let people back in <laughs> to those moments because yes. they were special. They are special. Okay. So yeah. you, you have a really cool story. Like you're in commercial real estate now. Mm -hmm. You've done exceptionally well for yourself financially and in terms of like the impact that you have going on give yourself like a 30 second little like pat on the back so people oh. can kind of see where you are now we're only going to touch on that for yeah. a second we'll go back to it but then i want to take them to kind of where things started sure. and, and, and help paint that picture for them yeah so i've built and sold a multi seven figure coaching company it really by the end of it became a school this is at the end of 2020 and i say that because the transition from coaching company to school is the transition from marketed about the leader to marketed about the outcome. Mm -hmm. So schools are based on here's the outcome that you're going to get. You're going to learn this. You're going to have this skill, this trade, this 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 set of skills that are going to help you achieve an outcome. For me, that was, was working with fitness coaches and trainers to grow online companies. Mm -hmm. So by the end, I had teachers, I had salespeople, I had marketers, I had administrators, everything that was needed for the school to run. And I'd worked with in a high ticket capacity, over 1,200 of them mm -hmm. over the previous three years. And I sold that business because A, I was bored. I, I felt like I'd given that, everything that I wanted to give it. Yeah. And I was ready for a new challenge. I'm a creative. And for people that are creative entrepreneurs, you know what it's like to need new stimulation, you need to learn about new things, teach new things in order to feel fulfilled in life. So for me, I'd heard about real estate but I never invested in real estate. I bought a house, but that's not investing. That's just a place to live. And so I joined a few masterminds. I learned about several different kinds of deals that I could be a part of as an investor. And in the process, I had several people from my previous industry, the online marketing, online coaching world, several multimillionaires that when I started telling them about the deals that I was investing in, they were like, hey, can you make some deals for me? Can, can I get involved in this? Because I want the tax savings. I want the passivity yeah. because well, let's face it, like more or less coaching is not a permanently passive product. No. Like there, there is time, there's energy that you give and you get paid for it and you get paid well for it, mm -hmm. but it's not truly passive in the way that real estate can be or other types of investments can be. Mm -hmm. So I got into commercial real estate, sort of fell into it. I'm like, oh, this is something that not as many people are doing. More people are doing single family. More people are doing... Um, wholesaling, fix and flips, and all that stuff you see on television, right? It's popular. People are aware of it. But for me, I was like, I want to do something that not as many people are doing, and I want to do stuff that's big, because bigger is interesting, for whatever reason, to me. So without going too much, I'm giving you more than 30 seconds on this part of my story, but, we'll but, but I want people to catch the idea of you don't have to start small and then grow. You can start big from the start, as long as you have the skills and the right mindset. So for me, I'm like, why not work the exact same as somebody would on a $100,000 house? Why not do a $10 million project? Why not do a $100 million project instead? Because it's more or less the same concepts, just more or less more things at stake and different quality of people, different levels of experience people that you're working next to. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my first year of running that commercial real estate business, we did $30 million in top line revenue. 
and had a great profit margin, similar profit margin to what I had in the coaching business towards the end when I had it all running. It was about a 25% profit margin on everything that I made. Wow. So that was my first year. And then this year, I'm like, okay, that was cool. It was great. It was certainly like more top line than I ever did in my in my coaching businesses. But now I want to do something that's like way bigger and way more meaningful. So we're actually in the middle of a project helping a a healthcare medical specific tenant expand into 160 locations, new locations over the next year. So it's a $1.2 billion project that I'm spearheading um, with some amazing, some amazing leaders on my team. So anyway, a couple years ago though, and you want to go back to the beginning? I do. Because it makes no sense why I'm here now. How, how old are you today? 32. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want, like, I think that's significant oh. because, like, you have done some really exceptional things in a very short period of time. And thank you, um, thank you. Yeah, I wanna, I just wanna point people out or, or, or just kind of highlight where you are now. But then let's go back to you're living in your car. Yeah. How old were Spoiler you? Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was 24, almost 25. Yeah, my my last month of living in my car was right before my birthday. I turned 25. Wow. Okay. So seven years ago, that's mm-hmm. really not that long. No, no. And, and honestly, like I wake up so many days and I'm, I'm like pinching myself. Like how, how did this happen? Cause this wasn't supposed to be my life. Right. Like for sure. My, this is not my family's life. This is not my grandparents' life. My yeah. lineage is not this. Same. And I never, I never thought that this would be my life. I never thought that I would live an abundant life growing up. I'm sitting here thinking, I remember saying this many, many times because I had a previous life of being a pastor. Did we talk about this? A little bit, but I definitely want to hear more. Yeah, yeah. So I was an evangelical pastor. And when I was in that career, I would say over and over again, fuck, if I could, I wouldn't say fuck, but if I could just make (laughs) 20,000. The new age church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of church is he going to? I want to go. That sounds fun. If I could just make $20,000 a year for the rest of my life, I could be happy with just that. That was my mindset. That was the peak. That was success in a wow. sense. On a fundraised salary. I had no business ambition. I had no expectation of living in a nice house. Whatever. It was just survival. Yeah. Alone was really the goal. Because in college, more or less, I could live on a thousand bucks a month. And I, I mean, it was good enough. Therefore, I didn't want more. Yeah. So when I was homeless, I mean, a part of me was like deeply, deeply ashamed of that because I still, despite having that big expectation in my life, I did have a college education. My parents put me through a state school, Florida state. And so I'm thinking like, this shouldn't, this shouldn't be me. But what happened was why I was there was because I was deeply depressed And the way that I got depressed was in the process of leaving. I actually left organized Christianity Mm -hmm. when I was 24 after going to seminary graduate for those if you don't know, it's graduate school for, for ministers. So it's people that are basically studying the Bible in a deep way academically to yeah. go then be a pastor or an evangelist or whatever their outcome is. And in the process of going to that school, I actually realized that it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. That I didn't believe it in the way that I did when I first became a Christian at 16. Yeah. And in losing that central purpose of my life, I often ask, well, who, who am I? Like, what is my life even about? Is there any point? Yeah. Because my heart was really to be of service to people as a pastor. Right. And so if I can't have this meaning behind it, there there's nothing worth living for. Yeah. Well, yeah. also depression ran in my family. I don't know if depression has a genealogical or ge- like it's hereditary in a sense. I think part of it is my dad dealt with depression his whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, he's passed away now four and a half years ago, um, which is still hard for me to talk about. But I will say the last year and a half of his life, he recognized that he was depressed and got on antidepressants and he was a changed man. I mean, I understand sometimes antidepressants can be abused. It's not always the answer. It certainly shouldn't be the first answer. I don't think for people trying to relieve mental illness and, and big and for a lot of people, it actually is a real solution that can change them biochemically. And that's what happened with my dad. He became the father that I'd always wanted my whole life and and so anyway there was a lot of healing there for me but that was later that was you know four years ago now um so i became depressed and in the process of being depressed i 
was laying in bed all day. I, I didn't have the energy or the motivation to get out of bed. I just lay in bed, not even eat. I mean, I didn't have much money anyway, but just lay in bed and watch Netflix and feel sorry for myself. Like just let my mind kind of ruminate on why things were so bad. But it started to shift because thank God that podcasts like this one exist where you're giving people inspiration, hope, tools for free. I literally accidentally discovered the podcast app on my phone. Nobody told me about it, but I, I looked, what the hell is this? I looked, self-help, I could use some help, great. I started scrolling and looking at shows, interviews, oh, how to be happier, how to have good relationships, how to make more money. And I start listening, I'm like, oh my God, they're giving this away for free, how am I not paying for this? Yeah. But in the process, I discovered a guy named Tony Robbins, yep. okay? And he was hosting an event in October, 2015 in LA. And I remember hearing him at the time he was promoting Money Master the Game. This is a book, financial book he wrote years ago. Yeah. And and while I was looking, I was like, this guy has so much energy, so much passion. Like he really wants to help people. It's not religiously affiliated. Maybe this guy can help me. Yeah. So I literally take the last amount of money that I had to pay rent the next month. And I take that and I use it to buy a ticket to go to Unleash the Power Within in LA. <laughs> In October 2015. Damn. Because because I'm like, I, I'm not fixing it on my own. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. So this is my shot. Yeah. I got to get somebody else that knows how to solve this. Yeah. So I go and if you have you been to a Tony Robbins event? Yeah. You have. Okay, great. Yeah. So you know, it's like a personal development rock concert. It sure is. <laughs> it's like 12 <laughs> hours a day, four days in a row. You're just immersed totally in this new way of life. And on the second day, he said something, he said, he set up this statement that was like, if you take nothing else away from this whole event, but what I'm about to tell you, and you apply its use to your life, then you will get your money's worth, everything you need, and your life will change. And so, of course, Tony sets this up. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, Tony, I need this. Tell me, what is it? Please. <laughs> I, I got my, my note, literally, literally the edge with the notebook in hand. And he says... Proximity is power. Who you surround yourself with is who you become. This was a novel concept to me at the time. I didn't know. I, I had no connection in my mind. Like, okay, my friends are depressed, but uh, and so am I. Like, what's what's the connection? But after that, I'm like, oh, my friends have no ambition. They're depressed. They have unhappy relationships. They're, you know, they're not going anywhere fast in life. No wonder. Yeah. I am too. And so after that, the driving focus of my life became, I get to get around different friends and I get to get around people that have the results in life that I really want one way or the other. People that are in loving relationships that have a meaningful career yeah. where they're making good money. They feel abundant, that are healthy. And so you were in California at this time? I was living in LA. I mean, I was parking my car in Hollywood and sleeping <laughs> in my car. I had a Honda Accord. Um, not leather seats, let me tell you. <laughs> so, so after that, I start meeting people at this event, like you do there, and several of them live in Encinitas, which is like just north of San Diego. At the time, it was a big hotbed of people in personal development type businesses, yeah. coaches, spiritual types, whatever. So I go there like as many weekends as I can go when I'm still like trying to meet people in person to set them up for training sessions because my first company I decided, okay, I'll just be a trainer. Like I'm, I'm in good shape. I'd had a body transformation. People ask me for fitness advice. Okay, I'll do this first. I can help people with this. But I can't get clients. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just walking up to people in the gym, wherever else, trying to see if they want service, uh, you know, uh, fitness, fitness coaching services. But then I start going down there and I meet all these successful coaches, people that actually did make a living doing this. Mm -hmm. And after a few months, I meet this woman. He's a, she's a life coach. She's making over $100,000 a year. Okay. And it might as well have been a million dollars to me. It was like incomprehensible. And, she, and she's like, coaching is like selling air. There's like nothing that you're physically giving the person. You're just telling them words and then they're thanking you and giving you money. It's just like, it was so wild. This is a thing. Hey, hey, this is my job. And I, I sell so much more than air. Right, right. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> information, information. Information. Right, yeah. right. Just, it, you can't hold it. It's not tangible, but it's felt. Yes. And it can have a dramatic impact. Yes. No, I've spent over 500 grand on information alone in right, the last right, seven right. years. So I'm not saying it's not valuable, but 
again, think about where I came from, right. that people are making this kind of money yeah. and they're just talking. Yeah. Like it was, it was incredible. It's I was so grateful. Though. Inconceivable yeah. to me then. Yeah. So I'm talking to this woman. It's like 12 a.m. It's a rave, this mansion house overlooking the ocean, super rich guys hosting it. And I'm like, how am I here? How is this my life right now? I'm so grateful. But I'm talking to her and I'm explaining my sob story. Man, it's so hard to get clients. Oh my gosh, nobody wants to work with me. How do you do it? It's so amazing. She's like, well, who's mentoring you? And I'm like, obviously I don't have enough money for a mentor. Yeah. And she doesn't buy that. She's like, hold on a second. That is the exact problem that would be solved if you had a mentor. Right. She shifted the frame to where I thought my problem is I don't have money. But really my problem is I don't know how to make money when I need it, right. when I want it. And a boom, light bulb clicks on, whatever it takes, I gotta get the money to get a mentor. So I said, do you have a recommendation? She points out a guy that she knows that works with trainers, help them grow companies online. So I reached out to him later that week. He said, deposits, whatever, $2,500. So I call my dad, all my credit cards are maxed out. I'm missing credit card payments now. So just as context. Okay. <laughs> so I call my dad, my dad's like, sure, I'll lend you the money. And which is super embarrassing. I didn't want to ask my dad for anything. I just have shame around getting his help because he always called me irresponsible growing up. I didn't want to prove him right. Right. But hey, at this point, I've been living in my car for five months. I need a change. Yeah. So I call him and send some money. I start with him. I make $4,000 the next month in my coaching business, which was extraordinary. Extraordinary I amount of money. Have you taken a, the payment before that? No, I've taken payments. Yeah, I get like, like here. $500 here, $500 there. It's not right. enough to like really pay rent somewhere. It was enough right. for me to eat, gas my car, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, not not in any not in any consistent or predictable way for okay. sure. Okay. So this this month they make $4,000, which is enough to pay my dad back. It's enough to start getting current on my credit card payments and enough to start paying rent somewhere. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't enough to make the second payment because it was another payment of $2,500 the next month. Mm -hmm. So I remember it was the beginning of that month and the guy's calling me. He's like, hey, you either got to pay or got to kick you out. This is a business. I got bills to pay too. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, let me call you back. I'll, he says, if you don't pay me by tomorrow, you're out. So I'm sitting there and thinking, well, doing this by myself didn't work so well. But I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have another option. My credit cards are still maxed. So I'm sitting there. I'm in this house. I look outside and my eyes fall to the parking lot. And I see my car is there. And I get the idea. That's it. That's what I gotta do. It's two o'clock. By four o'clock, I made a Craigslist ad and posted it. By nine o'clock, somebody handed me four thousand dollars cash. Oh my god! You sold your home. Basically. My home. My home one month ago. Oh my god! I sell it. Sterling. That's really yeah. Jesus, I'm mesmerized. Keep going. I'm not gonna interrupt you. The next day, no, it's okay. The next day, I go to the bank, put the money in the bank, and I call him. I say. Send me the invoice. I send in the $2,500 and I'm in. I am all the fuck in now. So what happened the next month though is I made $12,000 in my coaching business. Because at this point, there there's no backup plan. I have to make it work. No plan B. That is this, that I would say if I had a secret that I would start with, it's fucking eliminate your plan B. Mm, that's good. Start with that one. Yeah. It is. It is. Like people are way more resourceful Right. Then they believe they are. You have no choice but to be resourceful. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, I discovered, that part, I didn't know that was there. Like, I discovered that was there out of need wow. at that time. So then the next month, they make $16,000. The next month, $18,000. The next month, $19,000. $16,000. I make $100,000 in the next six months. So what previously, when I was talking to this woman two months ago, was an inconceivable amount of money. Now is my reality in six months. So. Wait, what's your zodiac? Aries. <laughs> you did. Oh wait, we talked about that. We did. We did. We did have a yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sweet Air little Aries buddies. Yes. I attract you guys like, like monster flames. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're a lot of fun. You guys are. Oh, we are. Okay. The reason yeah, I ask is because like you do have like a, a, it is initiation is really really natural. Like you're born for it, and I'm just seeing it happen over and over. Not to say that of course like you there isn't skills that you built up here but like your ability to see something and be like car sell it go and like do it right like, instantly instantly yeah, yeah you've got all that fire energy okay keep going yeah yeah so the 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 start is very strong in me i have yeah. a very strong starter right and a very slow finisher got it 
right? So what I learned, and by the way, my business was not scaling. I mean, I was kind of stuck at that amount for that amount of time. So I go to a leadership seminar. I'm like, I need help. So they start telling me, you need to surround yourself with these kinds of people that are different than you, yeah. that are better at different things. Daddy energy. That's what I call it. Exactly. <laughs> I've heard you talk about this. It's so cool. Such a great term. It's like, huh? When the people hear that, huh? I got to know what it is. I want to daddy. Uh, or whatever, whatever they say. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So, so... So then I start making 40 grand a month. I mean, literally the next month, as soon as I go to get the leadership support. And uh, wow. anyway, the short version of what happened the next, so my first year I make 285,000. Wow. In, in training. And I had, this is critical now. I had invested, of the 285 I made, I had reinvested throughout the course of the year, 112,000 into learning. Whether it be masterminds, Genius. coaching. Genius. Because in my mind, I'm thinking the money is a vehicle to gain skills and relationships mm -hmm. because skills and relationships have the greatest ROI uh, over time. Yeah. Yes. Ways of thinking and skills aren't just things you do with your hands. It's like how you think it's beliefs you have. That's a very unique way of thinking. Mm. There's a lot of people who make phenomenal money, incredibly successful, but they do not hold that belief. And so they get to where you are or even surpass where you are and they are miserable. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's not success. Yeah. That is, it's achievement, but it's not success. Mm, I like that. I mean, I know many people that make way less money than me, and I consider them a remarkable success. Yeah. Because they have amazing relationships. Mm -hmm. They have meaningful work. Yeah. They're healthy. They're happy. They have a good sense of humor. Right. That's what makes a person successful mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. it, 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 isn't, it isn't zeros in a bank account. It's not how many likes in your photo. Yeah. It's, it's the other stuff. Because the thing, I mean, think about it, like the greatest study on longevity, the, the, the longest running study in longevity in humans pointed to one thing as the greatest longevity hack, biohacking hack, whatever you want to call it, anti-aging secret, mm -hmm. it's quality relationships. Yep. Done at Harvard. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I, uh, not the Harvard study, but I have heard a lot of, I've read a lot of different articles and blogs on this and the, the consistent answer is is enrichment in relationships and, and that happiness that you get from that. And I was just talking to a friend earlier today and I'm like, well, uh, I'm not going to give the conversation that preceded this because it's a little personal for um, both of us. But I said, well, what do you think the, or why do you think that um, jail systems will put people into solitary, solitary confinement as like the greatest form of punishment? Being away from other people and wow. not having those relationships creates the deepest amount of suffering. Wow. I had never made that connection before that that is the sharpest punishment we can give. Ever. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the that was one of the smartest things I did that year that set me up because really those next year and by the way, skills and relationships have an exponentially multiplying value effect in life. Mm -hmm. So, skills yeah. so especially when you start combining skills, so like if you learn the skill, for example, of copywriting and then you add the skill of sales, if you're just a copywriter, maybe you can make $100,000 a year with that. If you're just a salesperson, maybe you make $200,000 a year, but together you can make a million. Uh, yes. They have a multiplying value yes, effect. Absolutely. Right. Yes. You know this personally. So, so that next year, I start putting together some of these skills. I set up my business model differently. And literally within six months, I was making over 200 grand a month in that same business. I was a millionaire 18 months after I was living in my car. The, the last month I made, I was living in my car to 18 months later, I was a, I was a millionaire. So. That's unbelievable. And, and like, maybe this sounds weird or crazy, but I genuinely don't think I'm that special. Like I'm not smarter. I am, I do have a lot of energy. And also what you have to understand is that the version of me today that's explaining this that's sharing this with you, that's sitting here with you, that is transformed, that is different, was not who I was then. Right. I, I didn't have this way of thinking. I wasn't right. so positive and hopeful and everything's gonna work out. Like I was depressed, I was failing, I felt so ashamed, I was disconnected. I felt like I was nothing, I was meant for nothing, I was always gonna be nothing. I wanna go back to what you just said. You said, you, I've always had a lot of energy and you sent me a text the other day. No, I haven't. I, I have not had always a lot of energy. You have a lot of energy. I had to now. Okay. Yes. So you sent me a text the other day and we were, you were just kind of joking and I was like, yeah, you're pretty much right. But you're like, 
you're like, you're fascinating because all of your Instagram posts are just about like energy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. He goes, he goes, all, all you talk about is how much money you make based off of energy. And I was like, I mean, there's some like missing context. Yes. Yes. For sure. But energy powers it all. Yes. So if you only focus on one thing, which is how can I increase my energy? You can increase the power in the transformation that you're looking to achieve. So like that's why I focus on that so much because most people override that and they try to conjure energy and they try to use the concept of discipline, which for most people ends up in burnout. Mm, and like yes. that's the thing that I'm like, no, we can still get there to the same exact place that you're trying to go if we prioritize this first. And most people prioritize the money first thinking that the money is gonna get them there. And I say, that's backwards. I think you're dead on correct about that. And in fact, part of what transformed my energy to make the outcomes of the money and the happiness, all that possible was a habit that I learned early on, thank goodness, from a book that I recommend every single listener who is hearing my voice right now, please get this book for your own good. Please read it. I've read it over 13 times since I got it in 2015. I continue to read it every single year. It continues. Yes. It continues to teach me even now. It's the most important book I've ever read and it's called the success principles Uh by Jack Canfield. The success. You haven't got it yet. No, it's the G boat. Greatest book of all time in my opinion. (laughs) So the success principles by Jack Canfield, maybe drop it in the show notes. We'll drop it there. We will. Great. Um, I've gifted this book to over 250 people over the years. It's 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 been such a difference maker. But anyway, he talks about this this one particular habit of of writing out basically affirmations, but writing them out as if there's this outcome that you want, as if it's true. And I now know this to be called scripting. So Jack didn't call it that, but a lot of other people now use it and use that word scripting. Is where you write the outcome you want as if it's already true, and then you feel the feeling attached to it. Yep. So for example, I remember I was still homeless. I would write out, because I met somebody that was making $100,000 a month. He was this tech entrepreneur. He was like, one of his softwares was paying him $100,000 a month. And it was like truly best. It was amazing to me. And so I heard this, I'm like, holy crap, it's you can make $100,000 a month? Okay, then I'm just gonna write that. So I'm literally sleeping in my car on the street in Hollywood and I'm writing, I am so grateful I easily receive $100,000 a month into my personal bank account. And I'd write it over and over and over every day, every morning. I am so happy and grateful I easily receive $100,000 a month into my personal bank account. Boom, boom, boom. Write it over and over and over again. Now, of course, the first 400 times I wrote this, my brain was like, yeah, right, bullshit, no way, never going to happen. But... Maybe it was the 401st or 402nd. After a while, your brain creates enough familiarity with that idea yeah. that it says, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Yeah. And then that creates the energetic state, that belief that creates the ideas, the resources, the thoughts, the motivation to go get it. And it's not just the words. It's not just the writing of the words even, but it is the emotional state that you attach with that concept. So for me, I attached ease, I attached impact, Mm -hmm. I attached happiness to it. And therefore my brain was motivated to go create that reality. I wouldn't have used these words before, but I've since worked with a lot of mentors that have helped me with my energy. Thank God, because it honestly is all about energy. It is all about energy. This is all I care about talking to people about because we have so much ability to the simple shift in a word in a sentence. So I, I, mm, um, you're so good at this. I'm, I, the, ah, too many words coming through at once right now. Cause I just love this topic so much. I did a masterclass last year called mantra masterclass mm. and it was how to rewrite your mantras. So they actually work and manifest. Mm. And it's just like swapping out words. So what I would recommend for someone, instead of saying like, I easily make six figures, Mm -hmm. I would say something that they could identify as true in the moment. So I would say, okay, look for evidence of like, I easily notice evidence in which money is coming to me easier and they see a penny in their path. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to build evidence and then you work. It's like, it's like waiting your, it's, it's waiting into the water and making it faster. So you can collapse time faster, the faster that you build evidence. Mm -hmm. So in one of my other programs, I said, your, your new mantra is, I'm the motherfucking FBI agent always looking for evidence in which I always win. So look nice. for the evidence. Where's the evidence? Where's the, like, it's, 
it's the little, 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 little shifts in words so good. to show that you're winning right now. Yes. Instantly flood your body with energy to go get you to take a new fucking action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to make your body do something to, to create a new habit, to try something new, if you can't get yourself off the couch to do something, there's nothing for you. But you saw the car as like potential possibility. Like, let me go sell that, make four grand, pay the mentor. And that was your evidence of like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you took an action because it was believable. It was possible. It was tangible. You had it right there. You looked for the resources that you had available in front of you. Even if other people would have been like, I can't do that. Like you found the evidence and you found the belief. And then therefore your mind gave you the energy to do it. Yeah. Gave me the courage, the confidence that it would work, that I, that I could make it work more or less. And I don't think though that I would have done that had I not had the habit of, Saying I make yeah. hundred grand a month because yeah. in my mind, if I want to make hundred grand a month, I'm gonna do things differently, and I might as well learn from somebody that is making hundred grand a month. My mentor is making multiple hundred thousand dollars a month right. in his business, so I'm like, okay, if I could just be around him more, mm-hmm. hear what he says about what to do, mm-hmm. then that's gonna that's gonna rub off on me. Like for me, it was either hundred grand a month or nothing, more or less. Yeah, and, and, or new career, you know, whatever. But I'm gonna go all in, and we'll see what happens. But that belief came from the habit of seeing a different future, the visualization, having an image in my mind of who I knew I could become. Mm -hmm. And then the actions, the energy for the actions came came to me for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I call this um, shift the frequency, do the thing. Mm -hmm. So if you get into the, so you visualize, you give yourself that like emotional signature And once you're feeling that emotional signature, it's like you've now just changed your radio station to a different frequency in order to be able to receive new information. So if you weren't already trying to hold that frequency, you would have never noticed the car. It's true. It's 100% true. So I learned this actually in the process of selling my business. I want to share this because I learned this from a different mentor that that helped me really focus on the energetics of energetics. Your energetic state will define to you what is possible. Mm -hmm. Really important. Your energetic state will define to you. It will create a lens. It is your it is your worldview that helps you see what's possible or not. Mm-hmm. So in April of 2020, the year that I sold my business, at the beginning of that year, I had no thought of ever selling my business. A, because I loved it in my mind. I'm giving quotation marks because yeah. I told myself a story about how much I loved it, even though I didn't, because I didn't think I could do anything else and be safe in it. Wow. And B, I thought I... It was literally not possible. Like I couldn't remove myself from the business. I couldn't get other people to do other things and therefore would not have an asset that is viable and acquirable as people pay for. Well, he started getting me to do this exercise. I recommend anybody that wants to make, you're in the middle of a transition. You've got this transition you want to move to, but you're not quite sure how to do it. You're not sure that you're capable of it. Well, remove what you believe is possible and start writing out everything that you want as if it's already true. Okay, and that's, and you need to get really granular with this. This is what he taught me to do. So I had a business, I was working 70 hours a week in it. I'd been working 70 hours a week for four and a half years by this time. Okay, ever since I was literally homeless, I just got into this work ethic and never let it go. I didn't take vacations. I didn't make fun in my schedule. This was my life. I had to work. Because that was what was, what made me honestly feel safe. Mm-hmm. It made me feel safe. Even though I'm making way more money than I need, there's, there's a sense of like, okay, I started doing this when I was broke. It made me rich, yes. so I'm not going to stop it. There's no different method or way I could see doing life. Mm-hmm. But I was starting to get unhappy at my core. I'm not willing to admit it to myself, but was. So I started working with this coach. And he says, okay, what are all the things you don't like to do? Well, so this and this and this, sales, teaching this, this, this. He's like, okay, take out a Google Doc and over the next week do this. Write out everything that you no longer are interested in doing this to bring up your highest vibrational love and write it from the perspective of, I am so grateful that somebody else brilliantly handles X, Y, Z, A, B, C, whatever it is, just write down a full list. I'm so happy and blessed that somebody else manages the sales team brilliantly and does it better than I would. Mm-hmm. So I do this for every aspect of my business. And then he says, now write out all the things that you're grateful you're spending time on that light you up. And so I'd been so disconnected from fun, I'd literally forgotten what was fun for me yeah. by this time. So I started writing out like random shit, like basketball, other stuff that I wanted to try that I hadn't in years, acting, which I did when I was a kid. I was a theater kid. 
And I wanted to do it again, but didn't because I didn't think it was possible. It wasn't possible to have a career in, not possible to have time to do it. I'm so grateful I play chess. I shoot guns. I do stand-up comedy, make funny videos, whatever it was. I swear to you, I wrote this and he said, now look at it every day. Just look at it. Start feeling the feelings associated with that new life. And it doesn't have to be long, three minutes, five minutes. Just look at it, feel the feelings, and then go on about your day. Well, within three months, I had literally gotten leaders for every aspect of my business that ran it that were paid in the way that I was paid, meaning via incentive structure. They had to grow the business to get paid. Mm -hmm. So they were motivated like an entrepreneur. My business now went from, I was working 70 hours a week. Now I'm working five hours a week. Literally, just my job was me. You're a fucking prodigy. (laughs) Five. My business was making more or less the same revenue, but with higher profit margins now. Yeah. Because the new leaders were paid on profit, not on top line. Uh So in three months, now I have all this free time. So I'm like, my schedule is literally shooting lesson for two hours, learn to shoot guns, acting lesson, stand-up comedy, basketball, boxing, chess, poker all week long just fun 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 for the next four months now three months into this i'm like all right this is cool and all but i still got this like lingering feeling in my brain that i'm responsible for this business right so this business is could have problems in the future it's going great now but it might not always and so my coach is like all right well what do you want i'm like i would love to sell it he's like cool all right how would it go the dream It'd be super easy. Somebody comes up to me, they say, hey, I want to buy it for this. Walk away, maybe help for a couple months, help transition, but then I'll pay you this. And it'd be easy, easy, easy. I'm like, he's like, okay, so write that out, feel that every day, three minutes. I swear to you, three weeks, somebody approached me and they said, hey, uh, you ever think about selling? I'm like, well, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> Recently I have, I'm open to it. He's like, cool, what if, you know, what do you want for it? I'm like this, like, all right, let's do it. <coughs> One dinner meeting, I swear to you. And we'd have the deal in principle, we'd legal go back and forth for the next two, three weeks, and then it was done on October 31st, 2020. What was seven months prior was an impossible dream. Selling a coaching business mm-hmm. now gave me freedom. It was gone, it was done, it was complete, and I was so happy and grateful all because of energy okay so this is such a divine meeting because Mm. i have been entertaining recently the idea of selling my physical product company oh so i've had this i launched it in 2020 and with the house fire that we had last year Mm. we lost all of our inventory and we've been going through um insurance claims and stuff like that and i was thinking this feel every time i Every time I think about like creating a new strategy for a relaunch and all of this stuff, there's just like no energy behind it. And I've been sitting with like, is this actually the time where I was supposed to be a starter of this brand and let somebody else carry it and scale it? Um, Because my gift has already been put in it, which is the creative side, the customer experience, product experience, brand experience, and all of that stuff. And the feeling, everything that you've talked about is like the premise of the whole brand of like, get yourself into the feeling. Joe Dispenza teaches the thought sends the signal out, the feeling draws the experience back to you. Oh. And that's the premise of the entire brand. It's like wow. getting people to cultivate that emotional signature to, to manifest faster. And we, we created physical products that, that help you do that through like scent anchoring and lots of different stuff, visualization and whatnot. But um, wow. yeah, I've been sitting with, is it time actually for me to sell the brand? So, mm. um, <laughs> the funniest thing is like the whole brand is all about manifestation and I haven't actually sat down and like set an intention. Mm. Like how would I want that to look? Who would I want mm. to buy it? How would I want this to feel? So well, I, have you told anybody? Like have you told any mentors or? Apparently no, I've told a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I well, mean, well, what's the only reason why I ask is because for me, I had the thought, but I wasn't given permission by anybody until yeah. I told my coach. And I mean, that's sometimes the most, the biggest benefit that a coach brings is, well, what do you want? What do you want instead? Yeah. 
Because it's not, it's not an automatic. I mean, still, still, it's certainly not automatic for me to know clearly what do I really want. Mm-hmm. It's a practice that I come back to daily, weekly, monthly. I love that you say that because I have a lot of people who people can send voicemails in and ask questions. Mm. And a very, very consistent question that I get from people is like, but what do I do when I actually don't know what I want? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't figured that piece. So I love that you say that's a constant practice. It's, it's okay. Let's take a second on this because I believe the literal hardest thing that anyone does in life is figure out what they want. It is not a given. It is is far from automatic for people to know what they want. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, how do other people know what they want? Like, is it, is it, am I weird or unusual? Cause I don't, you're not like, yeah. it's the norm that you struggle with it. And it is, it takes effort. It most importantly than effort, more importantly than effort, it takes space. You yes. got to create space when you don't know you need time in your calendar. That is literally just dreaming. It's just. If I had everything the way that I want, what would it look like? And just space, like not just in between rushing to meetings are you thinking about it. Because if you don't give your mind like real time to sit and not have to be right during the time, it's right as in have the answer done by the end of the hour. It's just space for you to explore and dream a little bit. Then where are you going to win? It's not going to happen automatically. You've got to make time. I have almost a whole day every week for space for thinking. Really? Yeah. I because I understand the value of it. So good. So Monday I have one coaching call at one forty five and that is the only thing that I'll ever put on my calendar on Monday unless it's like just super rare. Mm-hmm. But I will go on like inspiration walks through downtown and just let myself like put in music or go taste different foods, smell different things, get out into the world and mm-hmm. let the world like inspire me. Um, get away from you know technology and um, it's some of my best ideas drop in when I'm doing that and sometimes nothing new drops in but it mm-hmm. just gives me it gives me that feeling of like airiness breath and spaciousness mm-hmm. that then later on leads to something else but my whole business is built around spaciousness I will only do like four maybe five max private clients at a time so that I have like enough I thinking time is my most valuable thing that I protect like crazy in my business. For sure. It it is for me too. My thinking time. It whether it's deep work time where I'm actually focused on creating a specific outcome that isn't connected to other people. It's just yeah. me like writing a thing or making a thing or or sequencing an idea or a project. Or it's it's just literally time that is blocked to breathe, to think, to walk, to read, to learn, to talk to somebody to share my dreams with somebody sometimes it's me I want to call a friend and I just want to like here's all the things that I'm thinking I could be interested in what about you and by the way sometimes you figure out what you want because you are getting into proximity with other people that are sharing their dreams yeah so a lot of people don't have dreams because they just don't have friends that talk about dreams Oh my gosh, how many times have we like gotten the next inspo of like, damn, I didn't even know that was possible for me. So then all of a sudden you have this new like vision that's been expanded. That's the reason that I love like this podcast, like wanting to share stories like yours because, you know, there's somebody out there who it didn't even occur to them that they could actually sell themselves out of their coaching business and go start something completely new or, or whatever. But that's also the power of podcasting because... Some people are thinking like, well, I don't have proximity. Like, mm. I don't have friends like that. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I live out in the middle of like this, you know, town that's 20 miles away from the closest, you know, target or something like mm. there's just, mm-hmm. there's always a way there's YouTube, there's podcasts. There's like proximity doesn't mean like physically next to you. You mm-hmm. can, mm-hmm. my first people that I was in proximity of were people were like mentors who I've still to this day never met. Wow. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, there's different levels of proximity. I think as many as you can or you, however important your particular goal is will define how much proximity yeah. you want. So for me, my goal of whatever the goal was at the particular time, whatever it's changed. I've had many different goals. Mm-hmm. I've learned that the faster I get proximity to people that have it, the faster the goal comes to me. Didn't you tell so, me that you found this really cool mentor who actually 
it was kind of unusual how you guys ended up working together to learn commercial real estate. Yes, yes, definitely. It's not a person that offers mentorship. Okay. It, it was a person that was just doing their business and was making boatloads of money doing right. doing real estate, selling real estate deals. And my one of the things that I, because I went to that Tony Robbins event and he said proximity is power, mm-hmm. I for stretches of time, if I want to learn a new skill or a new thing, I make it my objective to find the mentor and however I gotta, whatever I gotta do to get in proximity to them, I will do. And oftentimes great mentors won't accept money. They're not, they're not a coach. They don't want to do that. Not for a living. They want to do their thing, whether it's they're an actor or a producer or a, an entrepreneur of some kind. Like if you want to start a coaching business, it's awesome because there's so many people that will teach you that. Right. That will take that you know that serve that offer that, but if you want to buy and sell commercial real estate, the ten, twenty, thirty million dollar deals, like there's just not that many people that will you can pay that are actually good at the thing. So I heard this guy in a podcast, and he's saying that he's twenty nine years old, already worth over eight figures. He started doing real estate three years prior, Whoa. and I'm like, okay, whoever this guy is, this is the guy that's doing the thing that I want to do. So I reach out to him, no response. I reach out to him again, no response. I'm like, hey, I heard that you're doing all this. Like, do you have a team? Response, I actually only have this assistant part-time, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, I built a team of 15 in my previous business. I would love to show you how to build the team so that you can take some of the pressure off, make it easier Mm -hmm. for you to make the kind of money and do more than you have been. Oh yeah, we'll get to that later. We can maybe do that. So then I'm like, okay, clearly it's not showing enough value to him for him to want to give me the time of day. So what's my next move? Well, we're both in a mastermind. I've joined a mastermind that he says he's in. I joined it because he's in it, literally. It's called GoBundance, GoBundance.com. If people want to invest in real estate, that's that's where I went originally. And so then I start making connections in the group. I'm like, okay, who are the people in the group that he would want to hang out with? So then I meet a few people. Actually, all three of them were in Austin. And so then I get an idea. I'm going to form like a mini mastermind with all of us. And I'm going to invite this mentor to be in it with us. Because he respects these other guys and will want to spend time with him and learn from him. He needs a container with which to do that. Mm-hmm. So I make this mini mastermind. I invite him. He's like, oh, those people are in it? Hell yeah, I'll be in. So now, every two weeks, we're on the phone in a Zoom room. I'm leading it. You're a genius. And creating the value points. I'm literally like bowing right now. (laughs) Well, fucking done. If you build it, he will come. Yeah, yeah. Build it with what he wants in mind. Yeah, yeah. So he starts showing up. He's sharing on the call what he's challenged by. And so I'm taking notes as he's sharing. And I'm thinking, okay, here's the things I can help him with. I can provide this. Mm -hmm. So one day I'm talking to him on the phone. And he's telling me I'm, you know, need this and that. I'm like, dude, what if I just come up there? I'll just come up there next week, because he lives in Wisconsin. I'll come up to Wisconsin, spend a week with you, and we'll just map it all out. We'll just do it all, and I'll do it for free. He's like, you do that? Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. So the next week, I book a flight. I get on. It's in the dead of winter in Wisconsin. It's not a vacation destination, right. but I'm. I have a mission, so I go. And every day, for six days in a row, five days in a row, I just add so much value. I'm like extracting what he's doing, making an SOP, boom, we're going to get a person to do this. Wow. I extract it, okay, here's the job description of this person, boom, we're going to get them. Here's the strategy, here's the weekly cadence you're going to meet with these people. I'm just like downloading business consulting for his company. It's going to make him so much money. But what's amazing is that in the process of doing that for him, I'm learning the business. Right. A business that I would never be able to learn from the inside any other way. So by helping, it's going to help him and it's going to help me too. So after that week, I really did understand the nuts and bolts. Pretty much everything I needed to know from that conceptually to start I had. And the rest just figured out trial and error my way to getting my first deal done. Well, a few months later, the next few months, I'm like going back and forth. Can I really do it? And so I go to him and I say, hey, can we just partner on a side business for you? I say, we'll split the profits. I'll do all the work. Literally, I just want you to be there when I can call and ask a question of what to do. And I'll do it in a market that you're not already in. 
So it's not money that you are going to make anyway and keep all yourself. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to create competitors. That was his mindset. And it's totally fine. Doesn't want to create competitors. There's not that many deals in commercial real estate. I honestly understood. And at the same time, like, I have this skill now. I want to use it. I want to get the value of it. So long story short, I ended up starting a business without him after doing a lot of these visualization techniques, giving myself the confidence that I could just make it work mm -hmm. because that was what was really in the way. Because now I'm just like telling myself a story that I can't figure it out and I need him when in reality I didn't. I had the core. I just needed to go and do the work. Mm -hmm. So I do the visualization now. I see it working. And then I like just supercharge myself over 30 days to where in the second half of 2021, I'm like, all right, it's go time. So I go all in. And that's when in 2022, I made 30 million that, that first year of doing that business. But it was because it would never have happened had I not gotten his help indirectly by helping him, by getting proximity to him. So I share that story to say, sometimes the mentor you need is not a mentor that'll take your money. Sometimes you just gotta be creative. And, and creativity comes from just being really attentive to what somebody else finds valuable for them. And then engineering a situation where you are the person that gives them that value. Value creates relationship. Mm -hmm. So somebody wants a new relationship with a new person, romantic, business, whatever it is, create value. And they will want it. Make sure it's authentic value, though, because otherwise it's not a sustainable relationship. Like, um, Dr. Connolly said something to me. He goes, he goes, Andrea, if you're going to be in a relationship with a man, do you want the man to be generous or selfish? And I was like, generous, obviously. He Dual goes, depends. he's like, are you sure? And he goes, and I'm like, well, now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, so... This guy's telling his group of friends, he's like, well, I got to go home because Andrea really wants to hang out tonight, guys. And then there's another guy who's like, got to go. Andrea's available to hang out tonight. Can't see you guys anymore, right? And he's like, which one do you want? And I was like, the guy who's more excited to see me, he goes, because he's selfishly getting something from it, right? You have that like genuine value that you're getting, but it also needs to be genuine value that you're giving. Because otherwise, eventually, like the if it's genuine, it's sustainable and it restores itself over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it leads into resentment and obligatory energy and burnout. Yeah. And then ending the ending of relationships. And some relationships are meant to end. Mm -hmm. But well, I I say that absolutely. I. If a relationship doesn't have mutual value exchange, right. then it, it will not it will not last. Right. Is all relationships need continuous, mutually desired value exchanges to happen, right. to keep happening. And I believe that part of what makes a relationship good and sustainable is a form of selfishness where you know what lights you up, yes. where you know what you want. You got it. And if you're not clear on that, then you will find yourself constantly frustrated by relationships and feeling this inner inner division of, do I want to go? Am I doing it for them or for me? Like for example, earlier this year, I figured out what are the things I actually like to do with friends? Mm -hmm. And by the way, this came on the heels of me realizing I want deeper friendships. I want more meaningful friendships. I'm having the achievement. I'm having the vision of the career success. That's all working. And I want to value friends more. I want, I want that to show up in my life because long-term what makes a fulfilling life is not achievement, certainly not achievement by itself. But community, loving connections, meaningful relationships, that does. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm writing out, what are the things I like to do? Because by the way, if you want to have good friends, you need to know what you really want to do. Because yeah. <laughs> friends are just people that you do stuff you already want to do with. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I came up with just two things. There are really only two things I like to do with friends. Number one is competition. So this is like <laughs> a board game. Like a true Aries. Uh, true Aries man. Okay. <laughs> is I want to play basketball, play a board game. Like I want us to have a challenge of some kind together. And the second thing is deep conversation. Mm. That's meaningful conversation. We're talking about something that we want or something that we're challenged by. There's vulnerability in it. That's what lights me up too. Yes. So if, I, if a friend doesn't want to do one of those two things or the activity they want to do does not involve one of those two things, I now know I'm a no. Just say no. It, it doesn't work. 
And what was great is right after I created these values, I had a friend on New Year's Eve ask me, hey, we're going downtown, we're gonna go to this club. And it's a friend I hadn't seen in a while that I really wanted to connect with. We're going downtown, I got a table, this great DJ coming, we're gonna hang for however many hours, like, would you like to come? And I'm like, let me get back to him and think about that. So then I start running it. I'm like, I wanna go, but I don't really wanna do that. Why is that? And then I remember what's my filter. Is it competition or deep conversation? Mm -hmm. Neither of those things are gonna happen at a club. So my answer from the filter came the, hey, I love you and want to see you, but I don't want it to be under these circumstances. It was so generous of you to be selfish because otherwise you would have shown up in that moment and you would have been the guy who's like not having as much fun or you're, you're like conjuring it to like bring energy to the group and everybody can feel that. Everybody can feel it when someone's there and they don't really want to be. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just takes down the vibe of the whole group. So, yeah. like, good job. It would have been worse for him for me to show up. And just the point that you're making, yeah. Chemistry is not compatibility. And this is, like, in business and in personal relationships. Just because, like, you have energy towards something. Does, so, you were saying before, like, do, I, do we have similar interests? Like, you might like someone. You might be interested. You might be able to, like be in their energy for a little bit, but those relationships can't be sustained because you don't want to be in the same places at the same time over an extended period of time. You don't want to go in the same direction. And most people in relationships, especially romantic, they're looking for chemistry. Mm. They're not asking about compatibility yet. Mm. And mm. That, that's where those tend to go downhill. Yeah, well, they, they don't have they don't have long-term life. I mean, chemistry creates a short-term spark and that's great. And you do need some of that for sure, obviously. Yeah, it's fun, but but there's seasons for that. (laughs) Um, But, but long-term it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm no relationship expert. I've been in a relationship now two and a half years. I'm very happy. And um, I can say, as I learn from people that are much happier, longer term, it's working. They tell me that you just have to find things you both like to do together and do those. Focus yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, where can people come hang out with you more? Because I know they're going to be like, get, was it Stir Bear? I swear it was Stir Bear. It was probably, I think it was just you that had that dick. No, it was, um, what's her name? Who was always at the front. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways, everybody's yeah. going to always just say it's Stir Bear. Everybody's going to want Stir Bear back. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so just my Instagram. Okay. So it's at Sterling, just my first name. Okay. Yeah, come hang out with me there. You got then, your own first name on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Oh, there yeah. you go. It cost me some coin, but yeah. Damn, fucking earrings. I always get what they want. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we'll make sure to link that for people. Sweet. But, Sweet. dude, your story's like so fascinating. You know, I love you. I could listen to you talk and just like story tell for fucking hours. Mm. which we did in Tulum and something tells awesome. me we're going to have let's do a Tulum V2. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wouldn't that be fun? Watch yeah. us get on watch us get on a flight tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and let's and let's do a follow up. We could do a follow up episode. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. And come back again if people like it. I want to challenge people with a call to action because they think like the biggest thing that you really really zoned in on was the proximity thing. Mm. And so ask yourself, like, where, if you already have a vision for yourself, Sterling gave you guys so many examples of, like, ways to, like, creatively bring mentors into your life if you don't have finances. Um, I mean, the second one, anybody could do. Like, what value do you have that you could bring to someone else? Mm. And in exchange, you mm. get value for yourself. Like, Can I just share one more story around this yes, that I think please. will be useful? Because a lot of times people say, can I have another example of how I could do this? Well, yes. Um, when I was still homeless, actually, and living in my car in Hollywood, I discovered these guys that were on Vine. There was an app. Maybe you used it or, you know, it was around for a little while, a couple of years. Yeah. And a lot of young influencers got really well known from making funny videos of different right. kinds. Yep. And a couple of them were Logan Paul and Jake Paul. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which are, they're now fairly mainstream celebrities, but at the time they were just making these six second funny videos. But I thought their videos were awesome. And so I'm like, I want to connect with these guys. How would I do that? And I'm nobody. have no following, no business, no nothing, right? So I look online and I Google Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Because one thing that I do notice is that them and many other influencers all had similar backgrounds. So I'm thinking maybe they live in like the same place. Where is this place? So I look it up. Well, come to find out, 
they live in an apartment complex called 1600 Vine Street, which is in Hollywood. It's off of Vine Street, which is a very well-known street in Hollywood. And so I'm like, huh, this is whatever, two and a half miles from where I'm parking my car and sleeping every night. How convenient. They live in LA. So when I found this out, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to hang out and see if I see them. So every day I would go over there and I would wait outside the apartment area. And this is important because... Super stalker, super stalker, I am for sure, and shamelessly, um, unassuming stalker. But the way the apartment complex was set up is you had to go up an elevator that you needed a key card to go in to to get to work, and then you could go up, and that was where the people, the residents lived. So I obviously didn't have a key card. So what I do is I'd walk up and I'd pretend like, oh yeah, I just forgot my key card upstairs. Would you mind buzzing me up? And people, oh sure, whatever. They don't want to be confrontational, so they just buzz me up. I look. <laughs> I don't look homeless. I'm like well-dressed and whatever. have a shirt that fits, I guess. So anyway, I go up and I do this day after day. Don't see them. Looking around. Looking in the gym where I've seen them film videos. Well, one day I go upstairs and I see Jake Paul is working out there. And he's working out with a couple other influencers I recognize. Well, conveniently, one of the other influencers, this was a much smaller one, I commented on one of his posts recently that I thought was really funny. And he commented back. So he recognized me. And... He went to my page, saw a funny video that I'd done recently. It's like no views, but whatever. And he commented on it. He thought it was funny. Uh-huh. So then I referenced that. I say, hey, George is the guy's name. George Janko, if people follow these kinds of things. I say, hey, George. I say, hey, what's your name? I'm Sterling. Oh, yeah. I commented on your post. You commented on mine. Oh, yeah. What's up, man? So that was a connection point for us. Jake's right there. Jake's watching the whole exchange. I'm like, hey. He's like, oh, meet Jake. I'm like, hey, Jake, what's up? He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, yeah, I've seen your stuff. Dude, just so you know, like, I'm a trainer. I would love to offer some training sessions for you sometime just to help. He's like, cool, man. Yeah, let's do it. Take my number. So he takes my number. And and I'm like, cool. So want to meet up next week maybe? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just text me. So I text him. The next week I come by to do a session. And while we're waiting out front... I do two things. First of all, I bring a gift to him. I bring in the success, the success principles book, which I was not a success, but it was starting to work for me using some of that stuff. So I autograph it, autograph fucking Jake Paul. My autograph means what, right? But anyway, I did it just because it felt more meaningful or caring to me. So I give him the book and he said, hey, thanks for this. And by the way, I want you to meet my brother, Logan. So Logan Paul, who at the time was a much bigger, well-known celebrity. And it was actually the guy that I like thought was the coolest. I wanted to be his friend. And so I'm like, oh yeah, you're Logan. Yeah, cool. Hey, what's up, Mr. Early? Like playing it off like it was not a huge deal to me to meet him. Like, oh yeah, what's up, dude? Like kind of looking off like I'm not that interested. Yeah. You can't see me right now on video, but 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 that's one of the things that's important. You meet somebody with high status, don't show up as a fan. If you show up as a fan, then they will immediately put you into a position of this person does not have value for me. Mm-hmm. So instead, I was like, oh, what's up, man? I was like, yeah. And I said, you know what, Logan, I was thinking about you. There's actually a podcast with another guy from Ohio. They're both from Ohio. It's a huge show. And I think your story could be very interesting. Would you want to make a connection with him? He's millions of listeners. He's like, yeah, I'd be open to that. So I'm like, cool, what's your contacts? He gives me his phone number, gives me his email. So the next week, by the way, the first podcast I started to listen to was Lewis Howes, The School of Greatness. Yeah. So Lewis is like my hero. Okay, I wanted to be exactly like Lewis when I grew up. He's like so loving, so kind, so successful. He knows all these well-known people. He's interviewing successful people. And so I'm reaching out to Lewis on Snapchat all the time, trying to make connections that I think are useful for him. Whether it was my business coach for my fitness coaching business or just whatever. Anybody that I thought was maybe successful enough that he'd want, no, 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 didn't respond. Well... One day when I meet Logan Paul and I send the message to him, he's like, yeah, make the connect. I want him on my show. So that next week, I put him in an email intro because when you connect people of equal value, at least in their mind, they ascribe that value to you. That is the value that you provide. You don't have to do anything else. Just bring two people together. That is a a whole job. That is a job and it is immensely, yeah. yeah. So they were both pumped about it. They went on, did a show two weeks later. So what happened out of that was two things. First of all, I became a mentor for many years, actually, to Jake primarily, and then Logan secondarily. He didn't want coaching as much. Became mentors to both of them. 
both of them gave me, Jake in particular gave me a huge testimonial later that helped me. And this is before he blew up with vlogging. He became really well known. Now he's a boxer and whatever. So I built a relationship with that person who paid me back many times over. And I built a relationship with Lewis this way. So Lewis started having me train him at his place as well. Stop it. In West Hollywood. And so I start training. We start hanging out. We become friends. And then he does a testimonial for me. Like he did a video testimonial for me just after whatever, two, three sessions, nothing crazy. That testimonial went on to get me tons of business. Tons of people reach out like, you trained Lewis House. Yeah. Oh, so you're like a celebrity trainer. All of a sudden I'm a celebrity trainer. Obviously. Uh, duh, right? <laughs> I was homeless two months ago. Like, But this made a huge difference is yeah. that my association with those two guys. So I say that because sometimes... The value is just like, hey, you and you should know each other. Can I make a connection for you? And that can be a simple way you can make new relationships with people that otherwise you would have, quote unquote, no business to be dealing with. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but one of my dream podcasts to be on is the Lewis Howes podcast. Oh, School of Greatness. Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Hey nice. guys, I got an it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me start to consider all the value I'm about to bring to the table for, yeah. for Stir Bear. Oh, very sweet. <laughs> oh, dude, you're, like, your story's so inspiring. I'm just totally blown away by your resourcefulness, by how easily you take these concepts and, um, and, and, and regurgitate them through story in a way that's so powerful and transformational for other people. So mm. thank you for sharing your gifts. I'm sure some of that started in you thinking that you were going to take this route and organize religion as a pastor yes, and, yes. and you being able to share messages that way. And now you're really using that foundation and you are doing the Lord's work. Mm. So good job. Wow. <laughs> thank you, Andre. This has been super fun hanging with you. Thank you for being such an amazing, encouraging friend. And I'm so grateful that I got to hang out with you and your, your people. <laughs>